Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like I'm a bit shaken up. I was involved in a violent mugging this evening. On the plus side, I did make $23, and I think the watch really suits me. Wow. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. They say time is the healer, but now they have no idea what the time actually is. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you, to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre... And just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week, we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listened to before she went to bed, picks and pulls on her unconscious mind, and that's the very tune. She snores. Let's have a listen tonight. That is Jingle Bells. <laughs> I know it's Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. <laughs> Give me points. Slim Shady, please stand up, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is over. I'm embracing Christmas spirit. It's a run into Christmas now, all the way through. It was indeed. Jingle Bell. See, if you said it enough times, you'd get it eventually. That's very perceptive of you. Miss Morris, so snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting, or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and adolescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She is also our producer and sound engineer. Heather has used up all of her six days, so she just calls in dead now. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. It works. The doctor says you need to have lots of drink and hot sleep. <laughs> 
I used to work in a shoe recycling shop, which was soul destroying. So I feel your pain. Oh God. Oh. No. I also wish to introduce the man and crazy <clears throat> Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Mora. Minnesota and has a keen and having interest in all things paranormal. Michelle got drunk at the bar this week and then took the bus home, but she'd never driven a bus before. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Wow. My ex got so drunk that when watching TV, if cops pulled someone over, she would put her bottle of beer under the sofa. <laughs> God's oh, God. Honest truth. Joining us, as always, this evening is Dr. Nathan Bush, our resident attorney. Nathan says he's not getting older, he's just getting more interesting to medical professionals. Welcome to the show, Nathan. I'm getting older and wider instead of getting older and wiser, so we need to put pay to that. This is Season 3, Episode 80. We currently have a listening party on Facebook. If you go to Facebook this very second, and you've got a bit of time to organise this for yourself... If you go to Facebook, search for more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. We have a listening party and people are going to play along to the quiz. You can put your answers up there. You can join in the fun, the frivolity, the banter, the gift wars and everything. Did you say gift wars? Gift wars. Mm, I like gifts. Give. (laughs) Isn't it always amusing when an American corrects an Englishman's English? Always makes me laugh, doesn't it? While we're on the subject of watch and listening parties, <gasps> yeah. why don't you jump in before I forget and tell our beautiful and aesthetically pleasing listeners what they're going to look forward to on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Get your bottles of booze, lots of them, because, because. it is the premiere of Oak Island. You will not be able to move for buttons, rusty nails, and coconut fiber. It'll be 12 weeks of digging. Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, digging Vanessa. Digging. No, that's Martin. Power hammering. Yes. Yeah. Long shafts. Shaft it's going to be a 13. joy to behold. <laughs> They're going to be in the swamp, up to their knees in muck. brackish water as we speak. And muck. You're welcome to join us if you go on to more questions and answers with Adrian on Tuesday. I think we should have a small poll. Somebody should set one up on Facebook. I'm sure Nathan's got a small a- poll. Very cold in the studio. (laughs) Um, I think we should have someone set up a poll on Facebook uh, as far as what they're going to find first. And we can put some rules up there as to what the rules are for the games we play. So perhaps we'll put some rules up there, plus a poll that everyone can vote on. (laughs) Interaction as we live and breathe. That is a joy. We had a lot of fun with that last year and I'm glad that's so coming back. the only thing that got me through the winter to be right? fair. Yes. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, the show's terrible, yeah. but the actual watch party and the jokes and the banter are an absolute delight. Yes. So that's a lot of fun there. So get over to our Facebook on Tuesday. You can go on there now and answer the questions that will be in the round that we call a lack of general knowledge. Of course, every round that we do at the beginning of the show is ushered in by the medical Dictionary Marty's sponsored gong of infinite knowledge with the formaldehyde of facts and the specimen jar of statistics. Or without a breath and I didn't get anything wrong, stand back. <gasps> it's stimulus and response and the questions will come thick and thick. Oh. On this very day, 
1954, legendary actor John Wayne married the actress Pilar Paulette in Hawaii. Also on this day in 1954, he divorced actress Esperanza Bauer. So divorced and married on the very same day. The ink was wet on both documents. He obviously couldn't wait to marry he the new used, lady. He just used a carbon copy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need, time. I'm thinking perhaps you don't need two suits, do you? You can just go to the courthouse, get it all done in one go. Fans of John Wayne? Interested yes. in John yeah. Wayne? Okay. No. So for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about John Wayne. Why did body surfing completely change John Wayne's career so he's in Southern California he's a young lad he's body surfing I need you to tell me the best way you can using narrative meta-narrative rhetorical responses how John Wayne's career was changed by body surfing Mm. Uh, he hurt his hip and so he could only sit on a horse he hurt his hip if you've got a hurt hip I'm sure the first thing you want to be doing he was, like, buckled into the saddle. Oh, they tied him in, did they? Yeah, <laughs> strapped him down with Velcro. And everything was going great <laughs> until the horse went into the water and decided to do backstroke, which was then problematic. You never see a horse doing backstroke, do you? I just thought I'd share. Lying on its back with its yeah. hooves going backwards in a cyclical manner. I'd like to see a horse doing backstroke. Mm. Yeah, that's what you're going with, is it? He busted his hip, and yeah. from that point on, he had to be tied... To tethered a, to the sword or the horse. Tethered or, to the sword. Oh wait, he brought his own sword. <laughs> Out of interest, which western was he with a sword? I just want to. I think he probably was like a cavalry movie or something. He had a sword, I'm a sure. Saber. Didn't he play Genghis Khan in a movie? I'm sure he may have had a sword at that point. In fact, I know Possible. he did. It was called The Conquest in 1954. Oh. Michelle, you've had time to ruminate. What has your ruminating brought forth in terms of your cerebral thinking? I don't have a lot here, but I think that's how he got discovered. He was discovered on the beach. Yep. There was a film director, a producer, thought, there's a sharp, good-looking young man. He needs to be in the cinema. Yes. Nathan, any thoughts you want to shout across the table to me in one sentence? Michelle took my answer. Okay. You're going to copy Michelle. Does she have a good record of getting things right? No. So is this a good decision? <laughs> no. You're 100% correct. It is a very poor decision. He ended, He actually injured his shoulder doing some body surfing, but he was at Southern California University on a football scholarship, quarterback and everything else. Oh. When he got the injury, he couldn't play football, which meant he then lost his scholarship. He couldn't afford to be in college, and they felt bad for him, so they got him a job as a prop guy at Fox Studios. And you're absolutely right. It was moving the props around and uh, working on the furniture on the sound stages where someone thought to themselves, there's a decent-looking guy. He needs to be in a few B-movies. I want that job now. Yeah. You want the job of moving furniture around on a sound stage yeah. for the 20th sure. century? Special effects job. That's my dream. Fox. Rather than being a quarterback. I wouldn't want to be a quarterback. Daddy, what's a quarterback? I don't know, son. We support the Bears. <laughs> I've been in this country long enough. Mm-mm. Wow. No points to be given away, but do not despair. You have a myriad of opportunities and chances presenting themselves to you as we speak. John Wayne loved his nickname, which was, of course... The Duke. Nice. No points to be won. 
But how did he come by it? How did he come by the nickname The Duke? In actuality, he said that his name was Duke Morrison. He said John Wayne was just a kind of alter ego. He didn't associate himself with that name. But Miss Morris, how did he come by the name The Duke? It was a character that he played in one of his movies. And he thought he would adapt that. He was amazing at it. And he thought he'd take that. And then everybody just started calling him The Duke. And because he was so amazing, that's how they remembered him. And then it just stuck. Fabulous answer. What are you going to go with, Michelle? What are your thoughts? I think because his given name was Marion. That's correct. That he had to fight a lot. Yes. So he would say, put up your dukes. Put up your dukes. That's a really strong answer. That's fantastic. Anything you want to interject at this point, Nathan? No. Fantastic. I'm glad I brought you on board to give us entertainment <laughs> and funny responses. It was, in fact, the name of his dog. That was oh, his dog's name. Duke. As simple as that. Someone figured out my password this week, so now I have to rename my dog. Oh. I'll share that with you. Mm. Now, Wayne died of stomach cancer in 1979, but in 1956, in a film he starred in called The Conqueror, this was rumoured to be cursed, this film. It was called the deadliest movie of all time. Because out of the 220 people involved in the making of the film, I want you to tell me how many died of cancer. So you've got 220 people working on the film The Conqueror the nearest one will win so points will be given away our post Halloween show we're looking at curses Mm -hmm. the deadliest film ever made Miss Morris you are committing yourself to 75 to 75 you don't want to spread your chips and move that around or maybe 90 (laughs) well black or red is what we've got here isn't it where are your chips ultimately ending up then so you've got 75 and 90 where do you think you need to put those chips right now. 75. You're going to stick with that? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. If I said to you that probably wasn't the way to go... I'd still stick with it because I don't care what you think. So you are... (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yep. This is where we are. Abuse in the workplace. I'm sure there's a handbook and some policies around in a dusty cabinet somewhere for this kind of bullying at work. You're going to stick with the 75. I can't convince you otherwise. Nope. Okay, Michelle, how many people out of the 220 in the deadliest film ever made, it was cursed, how many people on set, behind the scenes, involved in that process, died of cancer? 95. You are going to go or with Or oh, 33. <laughs> wow. You know I'm number dyslexic, right? And I'm having problems getting all this written down. How can you mix up 33? 33. <laughs> <laughs> it was gentle. <laughs> it was being kind. <laughs> it could be 330. <laughs> See? Yeah, I've got an answer. You're not getting away with that. Nathan, give me a number out of 220. 15. 15. There was, in fact, 91. So, Miss Morris... Would have won the points. Michelle, <laughs> has won because she was the Yay! closest. On 95, she breaks the duck for the evening and gets herself a couple of fabulous stagecoach true grit points. I did try to warn you, Miss Morris, but you just ridiculed me and made Ooh. fun of me, derided me in front of all my friends and followers. No, you're not even getting one point. <laughs> I did some research on this. 91 people died of cancer from the 220 involved in that film. That included the the director and every main supporting cast member, including John Wayne himself. I looked 
because I thought to myself, I have an analytical mind. I like to think these things through. 25% of all deaths are cancer-related. So 25%, if I've done my maths correctly, of 220 is 55. So there should have been 55 just on pure average. It was, in fact, 91. Now, Wayne was very superstitious. We've already discussed the cursed film that he starred in in 1956. What would he never place on a bed due to superstition? Very superstitious. His hat. Writings on the wall. You're going to say that John Wayne never placed his hat on a bed due to superstition. Yes. What was the superstition of never placing your hat on a bed? What does that involve? I have no idea, but I think it's right, and you should give me points right now. Wherever he places his hat, (laughs) that's his home. What was he never placing on a bed, Michelle? I also think it's a hat. (laughs) You also think it's a hat because? (laughs) Because I watched Yellowstone, and I learned that was bad luck. Really? What are you going to say this time, Nathan? His six-shooter. And you'd be wrong. It's his hat. This is 100% welcome. true. Michelle's up to a nice Derby Trilby 4. And Miss Morris has gained herself a stovepipe hat that would make Abraham Lincoln proud. She's now up to two. I couldn't get my sentence out quick enough. Points all round. Why am I here? So unhappy. Why am I here? I love this show. I love this I love show. It. First one to shout in. Also... What could you not pass him at the dinner table? He would forbid this due to the fact that he was superstitious. You couldn't pass him... A fork. Mashed potatoes. Salt. There you go. Nathan has got himself some points as well. (laughs) I have to remind him that he's not actually winning. He's just gained himself some points. But yes, you couldn't pass him the salt at the dinner table. He was superstitious about that as well. I'm sad. Can you imagine a T-Rex trying to put a hat on? I feel sorry for them. It's a very sad state of affairs, isn't it? You'd have to put it on the floor, do a forward somersault, (laughs) plant your head in it, come back upright with the hat on. Would be the way to go there, surely. Now, today and tomorrow are celebrated by Mexicans and the Spanish as the Day of the Dead. So, for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about Day of the Dead. Feeling a little bit more confident over John Wayne there, Miss Morris? No. You. Wow. (laughs) Every week I ask you this. If you had a choice, what would be your subjects that you think, wow, I'm going to get a lot of points right now? Serial killers killers? and murder. Murders. And monsters. Monsters, murders. Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) I remember you doing not so good on last week's Halloween special, I might add. I don't so, remember that at all. Sure, well, I'm not surprised with what libations you managed to dive into during <laughs> was the course celebrating. of proceedings. So for the first time, we're going to get some points based on the theme of the Day of the Dead. I think you might get a few of these correct. So I'm feeling enthusiastic rather than pessimistic. Now, dedications. And I'm going to get the word wrong because I've spelt it out phonetically, but it's still going to cause me. I'd like to buy a vowel, please. But dedications of an animal called the Zolitits. <laughs> wow. <Whoa>. Beep, <sighs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it's a dog. It's called the Zolites Cuntile. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. On the, the tip sure. of everyone's yeah. mm-hmm. tongue, of course. <sighs> These dedications are used in the Day of the Dead for decorations. It is a dog. Yeah. It's a dog that leads the dead back to heaven 
after the party of Day of the Dead. It's very common in Mexican and Spanish culture. You see this little dog. I need you to tell me for the points this evening what's unique or strange about that dog whose name I couldn't pronounce. Mm, it's a skeleton. <gasps> it's a skeleton oh. dog. That'd be confusing for another dog who fancied chewing on Perhaps a bone. Perhaps a blind skeleton dog. A blind skeleton dog for a person who's sighted. <laughs> blind, blind dogs for the guide. <laughs> wow. There was an incident back in the early 70s when I was a small child and I was in a baby buggy. Back in Britain, of course, you go to the bakers, the butchers, the grocery store. You have independent little shops in the high street in Main Street. And my mother had just come out of the butchers. And if you remember the baby buggies that had a little tray underneath them, you could put your shopping in. Do you remember such wonders? Mm -hmm. There was a blind man walking down the high street in London with his dog. My mother had just bought a couple of pounds of sausages and placed them in the tray oh, no. underneath my perambulator, my pram, my baby buggy. The dog took a bolt for it, grabbed the sausages and ran off down Main Street, leaving the blind man standing there saying to my mother, what's just happened? To which my mother replied, your dog has stolen my sausages. Aww. I don't know what the result of that incident was. I do. You didn't have sausages. For <laughs> just mash. Yeah, we, my poor dad never had toad in the hole that night. He just had hole. <laughs> no toad to be seen anywhere at all. Just mash and gravy was his dinner that night as the dog. That poor blind man's probably still wandering around London searching for his dog. But I need to know what that special Mexican dog has that's unique and you're saying he's blind and he's a skeleton yeah that's a good answer i can almost see the skeleton dog right now michelle what was special about that dog i believe they're hairless zoloitz kunsley was what i was trying to pronounce you're saying he was smooth is that a dog you have to shave or does it just naturally naturally hairless but they got kind of a Yes, that's really mohawk useful. I'm glad you get yeah, a mohawk. I think Frida Kahlo had, Kahlo had several of them. Frida Kahlo had a couple. What do you think, Nathan? What was unique about that dog? Any thoughts? It's bright red. It's a bright oh. red dog. Michelle is on fire. She's 100% wow. correct. Yay! It is a hairless dog, which would be useful for Nathan in his allergies, wouldn't it? Yes. You could yes. get away with a hairless dog. Yeah. That would be the way to go. I've seen ancient aliens. I'd rather have no hair than bad hair. I'd share that with you. Now, going back to Aztec times, what animal during the Day of the Dead is said to be the deceased relatives coming back to visit the living? Flies. Flies. Any particular flies? (laughs) French Um, flies. No, the tsetse fly. Oh, tsetse fly. fly. So you're going to end up with like dengue fever or something like that. So you're saying tsetse flies, which seems very specific, I might add, Come if it's back right, I'll have a heart attack. During the day of the dead. <laughs> yeah. We can only hope and pray, can't we, at this stage? Wow. We have a camera rolling in the studio right now, so that would be pretty impressive mm. for our Patreon followers to watch that happen live on our camera. So you're saying little flies we don't need to be so specific, I do want you to win some points. You're saying little flies 
Gnats. Gnats. Uh, well, that's going to be unfortunate if you squat a mosquito or you kind of squash a fly. That could be Uncle Dave. Hi, Gertrude. That's your Aunt <laughs> ba- Auntie Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know you've got those blue UV lights? You're yeah. sat there in your Mexican village. And you're like, oh, there's Aunt Barbara. So I'd chase after them with those electric fly swatters. Have you ever seen one of those? Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's what you do to your relatives, Girl, is it? Heather. Is that my mom? <laughs> I'd creep up to you while you're sleeping and put it on your extremities. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wakey, wakey. Egg and snakey. Oh, God. Michelle, other than flies, more animals come back on the Day of the Dead and are said to be deceased relatives. I'm, I'm going to go with the jaguar. Jaguar, that's a nice answer. Pick me an animal, Nathan. Monkeys. Monkeys. Heather was the closest. I'm not going to give her the points. It was, in fact, monarch butterflies. Oh. They actually migrate from Canada about yeah. three to 4,000 miles, and they arrive roughly at the same time of uh, Day of the Dead. If you'd have said hummingbirds, I'd have been generous and philanthropic, and I would have given you those as well. Do you think any butterflies would go to a tattooist and say, can you give me a tattoo of a fat woman? Maybe. No. Wow. Don't you go writing this down. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I've got a little black book over there. Any joke she doesn't like goes in a black book. And there's a mark. There's one less Christmas present. You're going to have trouble buying me Christmas presents this year, aren't you? Yeah, the Dollar Tree closed down. Yeah. Rough trots for me. <laughs> in a town, there's a town in Yucatan called Pumach. And it is common for villagers to remove the bones of relatives from their tombs and do what with them during the Day of the Dead festival. So you just need to tell me, in Pumach, in Yucatan, what are you doing with your relatives? You're dressing them up and taking them out for dinner. You're taking the bones out to dinner. (laughs) What, in a box? Wrapping ribbons around them? Yeah. You are taking the bones with you. You're dressing them up in fancy dress. The bones. And taking them out for dinner. There you go. That'd be a cheap meal, wouldn't it? Yep. You'd be yeah. sat there with your fajitas. Yep. Your burrito. Yep. Your enchilada. Guacamole. And just sat there with your horchata. Your bean dip with a pile of bones next to you. Yep. Miss Morris says you are taking that pile of bones out to your favourite restaurant, giving them a slap-up meal and sending them back again. Michelle, what are you going to be doing with them? I think they bring them out into the house and like reassemble them and sit with them <laughs> you've been watching the texas chainsaw massacre get out the glue gun <laughs> the yeah. glue gun bedazzle them oh that's grim yeah nathan what are they doing with their relatives bones they dance through the streets with them they dance through the streets no one has hit the nail on their head they actually wash them they wash them they uh, clean the dust off them with their hands and then put them back so they wash the bones in the dishwasher, send them back again. This is what they are doing in Pumach in Yucatan. If all the bones in your body were removed and laid end to end, you would be dead. Oh. That was then, but this is now as we enter our favourite part of the show. It's the mailbag. Yay! We love the mailbag. We love receiving your messages of support and all of your comments. If you go to Facebook, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You can write to us at any time and we will 
read those out. We've got one or two to get through this evening, and we love this. Catherine said she loved last week's show, which was our Halloweeners special, of course. She actually missed it on the Friday, but she then managed to listen to it on Patreon. She's one of our Patreon Aww. followers. Miss Morris, would you like to discuss with our beautiful listeners what Patreon is, how they can access it, and what they get for a single dollar? Well, if you join Patreon right now, you are going to get episodes that have not aired yet. Um, extended episodes where we have a nifty little part of the show called Not For Your Mama. We stay in the studio at the top of the hour and we record an extra to 20 to 25 minutes of absolute filth yes. and uh, Naughtiness. innuendo. The stories that we found in during the, the course of the week... <laughs> That we can't read out on air for being removed or getting a hefty fine. But on our platforms, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. They're stories laden with large, hot, globulous stains of... Snot. Lovely. (laughs) Toenails. I don't know. What what kind of craziness are you getting up to? (laughs) Snot and toenails. (laughs) Isn't that a double act from the Renfest? Am I getting confused? the new guy That's you, it. you will also get a lot of videos if you want to see the crazy zany stuff that we have going on as well as some radio plays that we put together just to see the three of you vomiting in front of oh, me a couple yeah. of weeks ago no, no, when no. we got the jelly beans out the Bertie Botts Harry Potter jelly beans and we poisoned ourselves that in itself would be worth a watch if you want to see Three radio presenters heaving up their guts in a studio. That's got to be worth a dollar of anyone's money, I would suggest. If you go to patreon.com, search for MQTA Radio, you can see all of that on there. Harley has posted laughing my sour balls off. (laughs) Awesome. Last week, we were given by Deanna a big box of treats. And in there was a big packet of what was described as sour balls. We ate a couple each. Disgusting innocently now by the way i mean when you go back and look at the video the innocent way in which we uh, decided to eat those was quite remarkable and then i nearly drowned because they yes. created so much saliva it was as acidic as a greek lemon swapped with a car battery that was and, disgusting uh, too i produced so much saliva for the rest of the show that it was difficult to get the show finished but that uh, was something that Harley found very amusing, apparently. So nice. you can listen at the same time as Harley. You can catch us first at 10 p.m. Central Time on the Dark Matter Digital Network. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. A good friend and follower of Brittany posted, I'm so excited. So she wasn't disappointed. Oh, hi, Hello. By last week's episode, Elizabeth, who's a bit creative and a yes. bit useful in the Photoshop department, posted on our Facebook wall. Oh, God, I haven't seen. An image. Of, of many, many squirrels riding horses, and they're on a quest, and they're riding up a mountain, and on the what? top of the mountain is a large packet of jubes. It's awesome. Are you serious? It is amazing. It's the squirrel crest for the jubes. Now, yeah. if you've not been with us before, we found a packet of Japanese candy called jubes, and we <sighs> ate them during the course of the oh, show, and it made yeah. us high. Yes. The colorings, the sugar, we, we barely got through the show, so now <laughs> the jubes... Return of the Jubes. Yes, I am. It's true, but there's a fabulous piece of graphics on there. Elizabeth also said, I think there should be more Jubes. (laughs) (laughs) For every show. 
god. I think we need to get our jubes removed is what Ooh. we need. <laughs> wow, see what you've started. Thanks. That's that's perfect. That's what I need. Why am I here? Laurel added, if Adrian has more jubes, he won't be able to talk again. No, it's true. He may be jube sensitive. <laughs> yes, I am. You can also catch our show on many of our platforms. If you go to SoundCloud, all our archives are there. Our show's free. It'll always be free. We only ask for donations. If you go to SoundCloud.com, search for MQTA Radio, you can listen to our show. All of the last six years' worth of episodes are on there. And you can press the little orange love heart and show us how much you love the show. And as I said before, you do get an extra 20 to 25 minutes in a round called Not For Your Mother on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Brussels Sprouts, Gasbox, and all manner of platforms. If you can't find us, you only have yourself to blame heater is a good friend and follower of the show he's based in new york he has written to all of the team hilarious insane show friday night (laughs) you did indeed make an hour go by way too quickly thank you he posted as well in the middle of this week one of the best things i've ever seen in my life i didn't see that either we have so many creative listeners this is just an absolute joy we need to put all these in one big book is what's required right now one of my all-time favorite artists definitely in the top 10 is a gentleman called edward hopper from the 1920s and 30s and what he to put together was a famous Edward Hopper painting, but through the windows of the apartment block, there's us in the studio. Is it really? Like, yeah. yeah. It's uh, an absolute hot. joy. That made me smile so much. I really appreciate that. That's yes. very kind of you. Matt posted, have a spooktacular holiday <gasps> from the Luke family to the MQTA thank family. You, so thank you, Matt. We appreciate yes, thank that. You. Lisa then posted, thanks for the great Halloween episode. Lots of laughter. Now, John and Lisa also sent us a little parcel this week. They're naughty. Amazing. I'm going to hold this up for the camera in the studio, but we've got a little wine bottle and it's frosted and there's lots of little ghosts inside it and they look fabulous and they're They're all lit up. Amazing. And it says on the side of the bottle, bottle of booze. I love it. Adorable. That's just a joy. So I'm going to hold that up for the camera. You're going to see that on film if you go to Patreon and look for that. But they also sent us... Lots of candy. They sent me what looks like test tubes. Everyone's got one of these, by the way. There's three test tubes in front of me. One's called Werewolf Dandruff. I'm not sure I want to be eating that at the moment. We might break these out on air next week. One's called Witch's Potion. One's called Vampire Blood. So three test tubes have kind of got gooey liquid in. Oh, I can't wait. Three test tubes have got devil dust and all (gasps) kinds of... uh, What does that say? Jack's Ashes. Fantastic. So we'll dig into those. We'll save those... For next week and oh. we'll dig into those then and thank you for the slippers he loves the oh, slippers there was also some slippers in there as well i also want to say a big thank you uh to jerry he's got our support at the moment so if you wish Hi, to send jerry. your prayers and healing to our good friend and follower jerry we, love we hope you. you're doing well sir and we always think about you so if you can send him healing and prayers we'd appreciate that lisa and john sent a card that says thanks for all the laughs each week i've no idea where they got this from but there's a squirrel doing trick-or-treating and he's holding uh, a big pumpkin full of candy so again we're holding that up for the camera and also lynn good friend of ours and Hi, follower lynn. of course lynn. she's in wisconsin she says love the radio show keep up the great work Aww. from lynn so very very grateful and for we're that. a hoot we yeah. are indeed hoot. a hoot it says that 
on the front we have a twitter account you can go to adrian underscore lee underscore tips i have books out if you go to amazon you can find all of my books on there if you search for adrian lee how to be a christian psychic ufos and ghosts mysterious midwest mysterious minnesota everything is on there for you and if you go to youtube one of my lectures has just been posted on youtube if you get a chance go onto youtube search for adrian lee ghost ufos mufon there's a lecture there you can sit down and watch me talk about ghosts and ufos to your heart's content michelle's on six i'm yet to score heather and nathan both have two points and everything is to play for as we enter the round that we call ghosts and hauntings and remember we don't do orbs Half of Americans believe ghosts, demons and supernatural beings roam the earth. For most people, Halloween is just an excuse to dress up in ridiculous costumes and eat chocolate. <laughs> but a YouGov survey of attitudes in the US reveals the spooky holiday may be far more significant for folks in the United States. According to the stats, 45% of American adults believe that ghosts and demons really do exist. Fancy plopping those two things together. Ghosts and demons don't even sit in the same Venn diagram nope. for me. Two completely different things that have been lumped together. It's giving ghosts a bad name is what it is. Sure. Every time they're yeah. associated with demons, it's giving ghosts a bad name. And interestingly, Trump supporters tend to believe in them more. Over half of the Republican voters that responded, 54%, said that demons either definitely or probably exist. By contrast, 34% of Democrats responded the same way. Looking elsewhere in the world of spooky creatures, 46 of Republicans believe in ghosts against 41% of Democrats, and exactly half of the Republicans believe in other supernatural beings compared to 41% of Democrats. So people that vote Republican are more likely to believe in ghosts, hauntings, and demonic entities. Same with vampires, 14% believe in vampires if you're a republican and only eight percent of democrats and so they're not going to romania and transylvania anytime <laughs> soon and there's no cells of garlic amongst democrats apparently <laughs> christopher french a professor of psychology and head of the animalistic psychology research unit at goldsmiths university of london which was the university i went to oh. i went to goldsmiths of course back in the day told the Atlantic, that a belief in the paranormal is a natural development of encountering things that you just cannot explain. What we have is people trying to make sense of something that to them seems inexplicable. So you get the misinterpretation of noises or visual effects that do have a normal explanation, but not one that people can think of. People assume that if they cannot explain something in natural terms, that it must be something paranormal he added the vast majority of us don't like the idea of our own mortality even though we find the idea of ghosts and spirits scary in a wider context they provide evidence for the survival of the soul i believe all they say or i'm voting to stay you decide go to our <laughs> facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee where you will find all of tonight's stories and much much more for yourself miss morris what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings going back in time when francis smith pulled the trigger on a ghost in 1804 it sparked one of the uk's strangest court cases ever the story began several months earlier 
when various people around Hammersmith, London, reported seeing what they believed to be a ghost of a suicide victim haunting the streets. Hammersmith's in West London. There's a big flyover, like an overpass. I thought you were talking about a fly. There's a big fly. (laughs) Yes, it's one of your deceased relatives coming back. (laughs) Let me chase after it. Ma! (laughs) One of the uh, most popular venues for live music in the whole of London is the Hammersmith (laughs) Apollo. And I saw my my first ever live music concert, and many, many more after that, were at Hammersmith and Hammersmith Apollo. I went when I was a 15-year-old boy, first time my parents had kind of let me go out into London on my own to see a concert with my friend Steve. We got on the underground train. We went from East London to West London, and we saw Gary Moore, and I'm still deaf in one ear. <laughs> he used to be the uh, guitarist in Thin Lizzy and Phil Lynott. Oh, do you remember Thin Lizzy? The boys are back in town. Yep. But Gary Moore had a very successful solo career. He was a <laughs> guitarist, probably one of the best guitarists that's ever lived in the history of British music, you should look him up in his music. But that was my first experience of Hammersmith, going to see Gary Moore back in 1985. Sadly, no longer with us, of course, but his music is still here for us to listen to, Miss Morris. He's still going? He's dead. (laughs) No, I meant you. Are you still going? going. (laughs) Am I still going to Hammersmith? There's me eulogising about my youth and the love of music. And you're sat there bored, are you? I am. My eyes glassed over. I was checking to see how much drink I had Wow. If you are playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game, it's been a few weeks, but Michelle put a good one in there and you can now have a shot. Wherever you are in the world, Prost, salute. She's got a mouthful of drink. Oh, she's got it down her. Lovely. Wow. Good times. I love this show. There's people drowning, dying, spitting. Good God, it's like a dressing station during the Crimean War in here. I wait for Florence Nightingale to come along. There's people with pneumonia and lung diseases, tuberculosis. Are we, are we done? Can we get a story out here? I asked that five minutes ago. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> So prolific was this alleged spook that some residents even claimed that the problematic ghost had physically grabbed or attacked them in the vicinity of Hammersmith Churchyard. Keen to put an end to the troublesome spook shenanigans, nanigans, local man Francis Smith set out with a shotgun on January 3rd, 1804, in the hope of tracking it down and permanently laying it to rest. Jeez. With a gun. Like Elmer Fudd. How do you shoot something that's already dead? <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay, perfect. I have an inquiring mind. I'm hunting wabbits. <laughs> Am I the only one who fancies Bugs Bunny when he dresses up as a woman? Oh. Probably not. No. Things quickly took an unfortunate turn, however, when he managed to shoot and kill bricklayer Thomas Millwood. Yeah! After mistaking his white work clothing for oh, that no. of oh, the specter. Oh, my God. <laughs> he had to have forgot his glasses at home, don't you think? Oh, he's been on the, in the bag. He's been on the sauce. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Wow. Not the bricklayer. Not the bricklayer. <laughs> Who's going to finish my conservatory now? <laughs> Smith was subsequently charged with willful murder and sentenced to death. (gasps) However, in an interesting twist, the verdict was later changed to manslaughter and Smith's sentence was only reduced to just one year in prison with hard labor. 
because he had honestly believed the man he shot was a ghost as the ghost was talking to him, laying bricks in his bricklayer clothes. You'd have to have a miserable life in spirit if you want to come back and lay bricks. Do you not think you could be anywhere you want, doing anything you want? I know I'm going to come back and make a wall. Now, the actual quote-unquote ghost who had been plaguing the area later turned out to be a real person who was shoemaker John Graham, who had been going around wearing a white sheet as a prank <laughs> to scare his apprentice. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> not so funny now. <laughs> <laughs> Finish those shoes. <laughs> you won't be taking any more sick days. Wait a second. <laughs> he was a shoemaker. I don't have a soul. <laughs> nice. Wow. Nice. Well, that's no small feat, is it? Oh, God. No. Outrageous. <laughs> Smith's supernatural defense would go on to become a point of contention in law for 180 years, until in 1984 a similar verdict was reached during the case of a man who attacked someone who had been dragging another man across the street, only to find that he had actually been apprehending a thief. But I don't think he's dead. He might be dead, but I'm not sure. There. Could be dead. There Could are. be dead. More questions than answers. I shall give you a couple of points, Miss Morris, because I feel that warrants that you were certainly fun and a little bit interesting as well. An evil poltergeist moved furniture and flung objects in a bid to drive a terrified Brit couple from their countryside home, the duo claim in a newly released book. The couple said they experienced 18 months of paranormal events, including flying objects and unexplained injuries, before they called it a day. (laughs) <laughs> Sinister events began just minutes after the outer sides moved into a Plimpton cottage in Whitechurch, a small Ooh. market town in Shropshire. Jill Outerside was in the garden when she was injured. Her investigative journalist husband, Nick Outerside, said he now believes in ghosts after the incident, which was the first of many. From the moment my wife broke her leg in a hidden hole in the garden, <laughs> less than 20 minutes... After the removal van arrived right up to the Christmas of that year... Is that the rendering van? Each day oh was potted with what I can only describe as paranormal activity. So a ghost rabbit made the ghost hole in their yard is what's taking place. Mm. Weird flashes of light, floating orbs, moving and falling objects were soon a regular occurrence and prompted Nick to investigate the history of the freaky property. He soon made a dark discovery... That prompted more questions than answers. Yay! When he found out seven unidentified skeletons had been found in the garden of the house in the 1950s. Surely there should have been this mentioned when you buy the house. Why isn't this spoken about? This should be in the deed, shouldn't it? Surely. What, that you have rabbits? Yes, and ghost ones. That Beware of the ghost ghost killer rabbit. The, the unexplained occurrences in the cottage did not cease, but now we begin an investigation as to when the bodies were buried and what became of the skeletons, said Nick. The worst of the paranormal events occurred in the kitchen, with Nick taking photographs of what looked like orbs floating in the air. We don't do those. So, nope. Dusty, you're absolutely right. I'm wasting my time. And it's bunk. And we don't do orbs. <laughs> and if you are playing the bell bunk and snort drinking game, you are now welcome to take your second shot of the evening too spooky to look or this helps promote my book you decide <laughs> go to our facebook site Terrible. he actually thinks the skeletons in the backyard were either plague victims 
or servants of the house that just got buried in the back garden when they died. But it's all there for you if you wish to look these things up. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? A funeral in eastern Germany had an unexpectedly happy ending after a mix-up with the catering. According to police reports, a restaurant employee in Weithagen had asked her teenage daughter to bake some cakes for a funeral booking. Yes. The 18-year-old had baked a second batch of cakes, and her mother took those out of the freezer in error. Nice. A group of mourners had gone to the restaurant for coffee and cake after the funeral, which is a standard practice in Germany, but 13 of them later reported feeling sick and dizzy. But were they hungry? Yes. They were still hungry, too. They were. They couldn't get enough food. They had the munchies. (laughs) Because after they were sent to the hospital with suspected food poisoning, it soon became clear that the mourners had accidentally been given hash cake. Hold hold, hold on real quick. I just have one question for you. How many went to hospital? Thirteen. That means the rest of them were having a damn good time. <laughs> they ate too much cake. The other 250 mourners <laughs> ran around naked, covering themselves in Sharpies. Yes. The teen had baked them for an entirely different occasion. The incident happened back in August, but has only just been made public because they wanted to respect the mourners. Wow. I want, at my funeral... Y'all make, y'all make hash cake. I, I don't care. Don't I'll care. be there. <laughs> Would it be better if we just look, cooked some s'mores or had like a hot dog on you or something? Do you know what I'm saying? While yeah. we're burning, Heather? That's right. As the flames are licking around her body, we could be making s'mores is what I'm That's suggesting right, right now. My funeral pyre is going to be out in the middle of the lake. Okay, all right, we're on a pontoon making (laughs) s'mores. Yeah! Wow. A grieving widow says she's still haunted by the day her husband's body was exposed to hundreds of mourners after Paul Bearers dropped his coffin. Was he wearing clothes? Yeah, apparently, but they're all on. They've been smoking weed, hadn't they? That's the problem. Gotcha. Debbie Swell says her life has been a living hell after her late husband Gavin's casket smashed open <gasps> as it was being oh. lowered into the grave. Oh. The pallbearers responsible then fled the scene, leaving the couple's distraught children to jump in the hole in an attempt to cover up his body. What? They all ran. I think it's bunk. Recalling the harrowing moment. By the way, if you're playing the bell bunk and snort drinking game, you're doing very well today. You're getting three shots as we live and breathe. This took place at Newcastle's West Road Cemetery. Debbie, 52, said I just burst into tears. The lid smashed open and the kids jumped in. When lifting the coffin out, it suddenly all fell to bits. It was made by IKEA, apparently. Yeah. We paid extra for a solid oak coffin with strong gold handles. We found out that it was a replica MDF coffin, and when it shattered, it just flew into that pieces. That whole story is bunk. Oh, you I don't know. No, you can keep saying bunk. I mean, does that get people an extra drink? Yes. Wow. Imagine that's your loved one. It's not private. There's 450 people there smoking weed, and they all saw it. But she says funeral director Clark Pearson refused to accept the blame following the family's horrific ordeal. She said it's not just the fact that he dropped him, of course. It was an accident. But who runs away? Who would front up to what's been happening and not leave the family to jump in the grave? Now, Bodget and Scarpa Funeral Services is what's required. We've been treated dreadfully ever since. I recall standing there and cried and cried and cried. I cannot get on with my life. 
It's been too difficult with the grieving process. After the casket was dropped, Debbie arranged a second funeral two days later with a different funeral director, but she said the damage had already been done. Was it the same body? The mum of eight added. <laughs> well, she did say, when I saw Gavin, he just didn't look the same. He looked shocked. <laughs> it was enough to wake the dead. He looked, he looked shocked. Pale. Pale and white. <laughs> with his kind of faraway look in his eye. Debbie claims she still hasn't received... An apology. I've got a good grip, or I hope I don't slip. You decide. <laughs> go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, what would you like to interject into our stories this evening to grab yourself a few extra points? Well, I suppose I could grab this on the back of Halloweenus. Oh, yes. A Southern Carolina man arrested for stabbing a woman says he feared he would be eaten by zombies. Huh? Eaten by zombies. They're hungry this time of year. Right. They are. There's very little food around. Isn't it? Is it rutting time? Well, Ooh. hibernation's going to be soon, so they're going to be collecting body parts to take into their nest to yes. get them through the winter, aren't they? Eyeballs, That's fenders, right. yes. some legs. A nice juicy organ or two. Yeah. Bullet oh. toes. Rump roast. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Is that bad? <laughs> I might up your calf muscle. Is that what that is? I could run. I could run a skewer through your shin bone, turn it slowly on the fire, so all the fat stripping on me potatoes just fall off the bone. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. The Aiken Standard reports 29-year-old William Barry, or good old Bill, of Aiken was arrested Saturday in Manetta after a woman was stabbed multiple times in the back. <gasps> oh. oh, I know that sucks. <laughs> Sheriff's deputies later found Barry walking along the highway and arrested him. Under questioning, Barry told deputies, He poked someone. Oh, here we go. A few times. <laughs> she was going to feed me to those zombies in the woods. Because they be hungry. <laughs> you ever heard how they talk? They go, Urgh. Yeah, their stomachs grumble. <laughs> I wonder if you could nibble on yourself a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? If you just wanted a bit of a snack, could no. you kind of take a little nibble? No, you need a fresh one. You need a fresh one, do you? You need a I'll fresh give one. Give me a fresh one, jelly. Wow. Mm. Always Ooh. violence with you, Jeez. isn't it? Always descends to violence. You always want to hit me, poke me, cause me some sort of discomfort. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm getting that what, right. Did you expect me to disagree? <laughs> I was throwing it out there with the faint, meager slither of hope that you might say, no, I love being on this show. It makes me happy. But yeah, Well, the thing is, you need me or I turn you down. Wow. Ooh. I've got too much faith in human nature. This is the really? trouble. Where we go? Let's She's... go on then. Yeah, turn me mic down. I'll just start <laughs> I'll just make... Uh, Points can easily come and go, madam. Tell me about how oh, you want to be here. Mm. Is there a story in there? It's just a reason to abuse me. <laughs> the woman and acquaintance of Barry's was taken to a hospital with five or six stab wounds. I don't know why they say or. You should be yeah. able to count. count. It's in the South, South Carolina. Yeah. That's right. They won't know. Once you've run out of fingers, <laughs> you've lost track, haven't you? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. What comes after five? Gotta take off your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> then they're missing. I ain't got no toes. shoes. <laughs> I ain't got no toes. Appalachian ER. <laughs> <laughs> Barry is charged with attempted murder 
duh, <laughs> and possession of a weapon during a violent crime. No bail has been set, and Barry remains jailed Monday in Aiken County. It's unclear if he has a lawyer. Nathan, there's your opportunity. Nope. They've got no (laughs) money. I thought you were going to say in possession of methamphetamine. (laughs) Nathan? (laughs) Wow. You'll get yourself some nice weather in South Carolina. True. And Bigfoot. Ain't nothing fine. Have I got time for a quick one? Are we done, Miss Morris? Oh, you got time. I'll squeeze one in. Mutant piglet born with six legs, shown walking like a spider in a bizarre video. Spider pig. Spider pig. A rare mutant pig with six legs has been captured walking like a spider through the grass. The freak piglet, which was born on a Uruguayan farm, has caused a stir amongst locals who say they've never seen anything like it. And they say they have no idea what it tastes like because they can't catch it. (laughs) Chicken. It's always chicken. Surely a pig taste of pork. I'm just throwing that out there. No, still chicken. In the video, the black and white piglet can be seen walking in the grass with its two extra legs in the air. Wow. Apart from its abnormal extra limbs, the baby pig is believed to be otherwise healthy. It was born in a farm in a rural area located 20 kilometers from the city of Rocha in southern Uruguay. Local media reporter... Pereira thought of taking the piglet to the vet when it was first born. But as the animal can walk and feed properly, he decided the trip to the vet was not necessary. But added they would take the piglet to the vet soon as possible to get it checked out. Two extra legs in the air or I just don't care. You decide. Go to our Facebook site and you can see a Uruguayan six-legged spider pig trotting around the Andes. Everything there for you. Pig trotting. Pig trotting. Are we done, Miss Morris, in charge of the times over there? Yeah. It's always a quick hour, isn't it? Where does that go to? I don't know. Just whizzes by. It's I feel like we're in a time portal. It's because you talk. Am I the only person who thinks this just whizzes by and I'm thinking I've just lost an hour of my life? I thought we'd be like 15 minutes in. Why doesn't oh, work yeah. go this fast? True enough. There That's are more true. questions than answers. We now enter the round that we call Not For Your Mother, which means you have found us on one of our platforms or you're a patreon supporter so thank you for coming to find us we appreciate that why not cut and paste the link and tell the whole wide world that you're now listening to the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world during the course of the week we search for our stories we search for all of the strange the bizarre the weird the fascinating during that search process we come across stories of a rather adult nature that are too good not to read out (laughs) But we can't read them out on the Dark Matter Digital Network because, let's face facts, they've complained. (laughs) So here we find ourselves. On our platforms, we can do whatever we want. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, if there's young children in the room, you may want to throw them out into the backyard, into the snow, and Mm. have them banging on the door for the next half hour. And before the onset of hypothermia, we will be finished, so all's good in the world. I shall make a start, and you have been warned. A transgender woman who sued beauticians for refusing to wax her testicles (gasps) has lost her human rights lawsuit. (laughs) I saw her. She looks like a hairy potato. And that's just not her testicles. I mean, literally. She. I'm sorry, Yasmin. Jessica. Jessica. Yes, she is. Jessica Yaniv, 32. Oh, see, I was close. Potato. Com- 
<laughs> complained. <laughs> Bearing in mind she's very litigious and she sued everyone from left to right. Uh, That's Heather uh, Morris of Wyndham, Minnesota. <laughs> Meet my attorney, Nathan Bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll go after him. <laughs> so, her hairy scrotum's meeting your bush. <laughs> That's disgusting. It looks like a potato. Yeah. Yeah, but he always laughs at my jokes. <laughs> I love so, this show. They don't want to wax the testicle. No, that's exactly the... what's happening. Jessica complained she'd been refused Brazilian waxing services at more than a dozen salons in Canada. Well, where'd you get yours done? Since yeah. 2018. <laughs> Who did your angels banjo? <laughs> <laughs> well, that came from left field. <laughs> I feel sick. I'm so sure. <laughs> Is that what you said when they started ripping? I have had, I have experienced we what, know. what they call the sack crack and ring. That has happened. The most painful part of that was, I would suggest, <laughs> the ring. The ring of fire. It nearly ripped me bloody hemorrhoids out I mean, my ass was hanging out like me entrails no they were pushing it back up with uh, a walking a stick, stick. Mm. it was terrible she brought legal proceedings against five home-based female <laughs> waxing experts who would not perform the treatment on her scrotum yaniv is a male to female transgender woman who has not yet had sex reassignment don't surgery. do it don't do it which means she has male genitalia she claimed the women were discriminating against her based on gender identity and gender expression. I don't think it's that. Nope. No, The no. female beauticians argued they were not trained to perform a Brazilian on male genitalia and could have caused serious injury to the customer. Oh, a, how hard could that be? Just pour on the hot wax and rip it off. A Brazilian removes <laughs> the majority of hair except for a thin line. So you're going to get a thin line all the way over your scrotum. I don't like a, have a scrotum, but like, I'd be happy to do it. Like a wild boar. <laughs> like a, a row of, like a fine line. Uh, Mohican. That's right. <laughs> I don't want a Mohican on my balls. <laughs> I just, why would you want a line running down the middle? <laughs> why would you put a line there? Doesn't it look like a shaved walnut? <laughs> Lovely. Huh? It looks like Winston Churchill being pensive, if you had to ask. Wow. Some of the beauticians argued... They should not be forced to touch male genitals if they don't want to. And others cited religious reasons. <laughs> What's the religious no. reason? Well, it's in Leviticus or Deuteronomy. Yeah. Thou shalt not wax thy testicles. Yeah. I think that's Deuteronomy 19, if my memory serves me right. Uh, the Human Rights Tribunal ruled in favour of the beauticians who come from diverse ethnic backgrounds. The verdict stated human rights legislation does not require a service provider to wax a type of genitals they are not trained for and have not consented to wax. The decision also found Yanif engaged in improper conduct and filed complaints for improper purposes. The ruling added that Yanif had deliberately targeted small businesses for personal financial gain. I could probably see that, yeah. Yeah. 
fighting for the cause or that takes some balls you decide <laughs> go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee and you shall see everything in glorious i don't want to see everything technicolor in three dimensions i've seen it looks like a potato with hair lovely <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just one big potato or, or two small little Maris Pipers. And I don't want to see his tots either. <laughs> Lovely. You seem to have a potato theme a going on. fry in the middle. See, a couple of Maris Pipers and a fry is what you're saying. Oh, God, Lovely. gross. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I have a woman who is plagued by uncontrollable orgasms. Yeah, plagued by... She, That's not a plague. They are triggered by driving. <laughs> and she says the condition has ruined her life. How can you say ruined? Well, well she's a bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> Known only as Maria, the 61-year-old said even going to a Shania Twain concert made her climax. I bet she feels like a the woman. woman. <laughs> Simple daily tasks, including taking the escalator and driving over bumps in the road, leave her aroused. No, I do like the whole bump on the road thing. Well, in your profession, you might want to rethink that. No, no, I do it on purpose. Oh. Every part. Back it up. Yeah, no wonder she's going through rods and axles. Yeah. Was that a little kid? <laughs> Back up and check. <laughs> wow. But she said that the arousal comes with no sexual desire or satisfaction, and it has turned her into a recluse. Wait a second. Yeah. So how can you finish without any satisfaction? Well, I don't get no. I think she's become desensitized. <laughs> and you've tried, haven't you? And you've tried and you've tried. You can't get Shit no. Done. No. <laughs> Terrible. Oh. Maria was diagnosed with persistent genital arousal disorder, which is PGAD, after a routine pap smear test in 2017. She believes it was triggered by the routine check at Glasgow's Stobe Hill Hospital. What's the address? Yeah, in September 2017, claiming a consultant rammed a speculum into her. There you go. He took a run up. He even opened the Is office that how door. It works? Well, it damaged her. In Scotland, it does. Yeah, in Glasgow. <laughs> in Glasgow, they take a run up. <laughs> it damaged her potato. Yeah, her baby potato. Potato. Mm, yeah. Mm. In the weeks after the examination, Maria said she started to notice distressing symptoms, which were eventually diagnosed as PGAD, caused by damage to her pudinal nerve. Okay. You're looking at me as if I'm an expert in this area. Well, you're both doctors. Yeah. Yes. Mine's in art history. <laughs> Which was biochemical engineering yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah so that, that obviously qualifies both of us, doesn't it? Yeah. Maria said, I just didn't know what was happening. You've got this great arousal, but it's not going anywhere or triggered by anything. Most of the time, I feel like I am sitting on an ant's nest. Yikes. Mm -hmm. There's times where it's a tickle all day. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) Serious. Tickle, tickle, tickle. What's she doing in the yard with her trousers down? What is wrong with you? I let it. <laughs> oh, I kind of get it. 
Dead ants. Lovely. But then something sets it off and it's a full blown orgasm. <laughs> Driving over potholes. <laughs> Aircraft turbulence, Ooh. escalators, boy. and even the vibration from violins. Ooh. Where was she getting that from? I guess at the, the Shania Angels. Twain concert. There. The Angels violin. <laughs> I don't know how many women could say they went to a Shania Twain concert and she made them orgasm. All men come to her. One. One. 90% of my life has been wrecked and the other 10% is not so great either. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> I had to give up volunteering because just moving can set me off. One of my friends said to me I'd become a recluse. She has been lobbying to be referred abroad for treatment, but despite the efforts of her MP and the new leader of the Liberal Dems, the request has been declined by NHS, Greater Glasgow, and Heath, Hel excuse me, Clyde health board instead the trust has referred her to london for treatment as scotland has no specialist in pgad which was formally recognized as a disorder in 2013 wow. it affects one percent of women there you go lucky bugger more tickets for shania twain <laughs> or never again you decide go to our facebook site more questions and answers where you can see everything for yourself Whew. In a Glasgow hospital. Uh, Men who eat lots of red meat have shorter erections, a study claims. One inch or two one inch. inch? It's a length of time rather than uh, 20 measurable. Seconds. There one you minute. go. Now you're getting there. It's a food that many men regularly indulge in. But if you eat red meat, you could be affecting your performance in the bedroom, according to a new study. Bunk. What did you have for your dinner, Nathan? Hamburger. Hamburger. Uh. Perfect. As part of the new Netflix documentary, The Game Changers, researchers have looked at the link between diet and erection length and found that men who eat more red meat have shorter erections. So the plant whopper for me from now on. Yeah. Dr. Aaron Spitz, former... <laughs> no, nope. I was never going to get nope. away with that, was I? Dr. Mm. A. Spitz, formerly delegate to the American Urological Association, said, when I think... Of a manly man, I think of someone who has strength, endurance, sexual prowess and fertility. What the scientific studies are showing is that the more meat men eat, the more quickly they lose their manly manhood. Ooh. In the study, the researchers asked three, that's three, people, <laughs> college athletes, to wear a penis ring in bed for two nights to track their erections. Penis ring? To track them, yeah. So if, if oh. the penis gets up in the night... Did they test them for roids? Goes to the shops. <laughs> has a night out. Hello! On the first night, the participants ate a meat burrito. <laughs> While on the second night, they had a vegan alternative. An analysis of the data from the penis rings revealed that men's erections lasted longer when they ate a vegan burrito. You can't burrito. even write a study on this so with th only three people. So three men got to eat... A vegan burrito, and apparently this is enough. A proper intensive study, then, I would suggest. Throw it out. That whole thing's bunk. You're the done. The reason 
This is the round for the bunk, if you recall. <laughs> this is the bunk round. I'm not putting my finger on the bell, madam. This is the round for such wonders. <laughs> finger on the bell. For the reason, Ooh. this link remains unclear, and with a sample size of three, larger studies are needed to verify the findings. Really? Perhaps. So a burrito full of beans, or I have no idea what this means. <laughs> You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian. That isn't Lee. even worth a study. No, you Miss can't Morris. do a study on three people. I like the fact that one night they gave them a meat burrito, and yeah. their erections weren't as strong as the second night when they gave them a vegetable burrito. As if twenty-four hours is going to make any difference. And then what else did they eat during the course right. of the day and drink? Yes. There's no control, no. is there? No, that isn't a study. That would never be funded. I know. Well, he, apparently, it has the American no, Urology somebody Society. somebody just wrote about it. Bunk. Well, let's see what your story is. I don't is. like your story. Well, you're not meant to sit there and judge them. <laughs> Judgey <laughs> McJudgerson. Judgey McJudgerson of Judgeville, Arizona, of the Judge family. I ain't eating no vegetables. <laughs> no one's making you eat vegetables. You'll be fine. No one's... <laughs> it was like... <laughs> I must tell you this. <laughs> it made me laugh. Do you know when I often say to people, think of a vegetable? Yeah. And then I guess the vegetable they're thinking of. Sure. <laughs> yes. Think of a vegetable. And they've written down eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Think of a vegetable. Eggs. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Oh, Who God. did that? <laughs> when I did my readings this weekend. Oh, my God. I was trying to show off and it didn't go so well. Not apparently. Got a room full of drunk women and I'm like, think of a vegetable and one of them said eggs. It just made me laugh. <laughs> Miss Morris, what have you, you didn't got think for me? Of that one, did no, you? strangely enough, no. that never, that wasn't in my Venn diagram no. of vegetables. Of vegetables. Yeah, good <sighs> times. What have you got there just to end the show with tonight? A huge fire at a cattle breeding facility in Australia has caused thousands of dollars in damage after at least 100 cylinders containing bull semen oh, no. were destroyed. Oh. Just exploded. <sighs> 100 cylinders. So 100. we're not talking like little test tubes. We're talking... Well, that's, if you milk a bull, you're going to get at least a pint, aren't you? I don't know what happens when you milk a bull. <laughs> you get <Ooh. laughs> How much do you get? <laughs> <laughs> Can't go back to that farm. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the trick is to keep it occupied around the other end with some straw or hay or something. That's the key. Uh, eggs. Nathan, like... keep it occupied. I'm going in. <laughs> God. Distract it. <laughs> Emergency services were called to the blaze in the early hours at Yerim Herd Services in Gippsland, Gimpsland, Gimpsland, <laughs> Victoria. Wow, Nathan, we found your new house. <laughs> Get the gimp. It took 10 fire crews more than two hours to fully extinguish the fire after it broke out around 3 a.m. local time. That's Australia time. Oh. A spokesman from the County Fire Authority told Daily Mail Australia that the fire had completely shredded the building. Wow. Shredded. Shredded it. Good day. Good day. Shredded wheat. <laughs> Things flying. 
I didn't know. I didn't know it was flammable. I'm learning all sorts today. Yeah. Well, County Fire Authority Gimslin Commander Chris. Oh boy. Hemsworth. Lotion coal. Lotion. No. Lotion coal. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Said the crew had to be wary of projectiles coming at them while they tackled the blaze. <laughs> I bet that wasn't covered in training. No. <laughs> oh, God. I could just imagine, like, the Matrix bullet. Oh. <laughs> They're trying to avoid cylinders of bulk up. Ah, oh, terrible! <laughs> Could have your eye out. Oh God, that's hilarious. <laughs> the liquid inside the cylinders was rapidly expanding. I can't do it. And essentially, the lids of the cryogenic cylinders were just popping off the top, and the projectiles were being thrown from the building. Do the thing, Heather. Oh, yeah! Oh, there goes another that's one. It. There what? goes another, another cylinder of juice. Lovely. <laughs> that went right down my ear. I liked it. Coming at you. I <laughs> 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 the old ball cum missile. <laughs> well, so firefighters went into a defensive mode, like karate stance. That's all I could think of. <laughs> This is such a terrible comedy movie. You couldn't even write this. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Did, did you say kung fu fighting? <laughs> yeah. That kum was fast as the lightning. lightning. It was a little bit frightening. That's terrible. What are you doing? Well, they initially were trying to protect themselves because there were also LPG cylinders at a neighboring property, and they did a magnificent job. But then, <gasps> they thought, anything to do with artificial insemination side of things, they've actually never had to deal with before. Only fires, oh. funnily enough. You know, like wood yeah. buildings, shingles, stuff like that. Right. So the actual cylinders were worth between $500 and a thousand dollars per unit, but oh. the semen inside actually was worth thousands yeah. and thousands and, and thousands of dollars. Away. Yeah. So Yarram Herd Services Committee Vice Chairman Aaron Thomas said the loss of a hundred cryogenic cylinders of cattle semen will be a huge blow. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> For the farmers. <laughs> Lovely. Everybody was come for fighting. It's going to hit them hard in the pocket is what's going to happen. Oi, oh. I'm trying to do the Matrix. Oh, yeah, nice. See what she's doing no, over no, there. No, 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 no. <laughs> I thought you was having an epileptic fit. Yeah. Wow, if you wish to see that story... For yourself, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of thinking this has gone to your head. Put her in front of the soundboard, they said. What's the worst that can happen, they said. She's brilliant, they said. Brilliant. <laughs> I never thought I'd finish a show with the term hot cum ball missile, but there you go. Every week I'm astounded by the words and the order they come out of my mouth in. You're no one has welcome. ever said that before. In the history of mankind, those four words all sitting together. 
Mm. Perfect. You're good to me, Miss Morris. Well, all good things come to an end, so let's look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meta and the dead battery is Nathan, who didn't get himself off two little ducks. (laughs) He gets a haunted polling booth and a night with the ghost of Gary Moore in an empty room, so good luck with that. In third place tonight is myself. I scored four points. I get a broken leg, a scalding cup of coffee and a yard full of skeletons so that's going to keep me busy for the course of this week. In second place tonight is Miss Morris. Under any other circumstances, six points would have been a winning score but do not fear, she gets a bag of weed in Dusseldorf to share with a group group of German mourners. I'll still take it. You're going to have to sit with a group of miserable Germans. I don't care. Do they have schnitzel? Accordions. Just to take the edge off. I want sausage, schnitzel, and weed. And And beer. That's Heather's attorneys. Uh. I share that with you. Tonight, in resplendent first place, winning the $33,000 IR camera with a nice symmetrical rounded bottom heavy eight is Michelle Curry. She gets a human barbecue with a finger buffet in South Carolina. (laughs) Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show, and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee. And you can also contact my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips why not jump over right now to soundcloud search for mqta radio and you can hear us do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of filth and if you pay a single dollar go over to patreon and you can see the silliness and the shenanigans on camera in the studio and in the flesh and we are a bunch of good looking people let's face facts (laughs) my gratitude you're not supposed to laugh at that point my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter Heather Morris Jaton Drainer Michelle Corrie Nathan Bush and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota you've been listening to more questions than answers the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world with your host Adrian Lee we are of course the very best in paranormal news radio entertainment the light before the darkness it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night <laughs>